We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to episode 82 of the Big Boo Cast. This week, Melanie and I are going to talk a whole lot about college football. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about some rosehip oil and we're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff too. But before we get started, I wanted to take a minute to tell y'all about something called the Kind Snack Club. If you're anything like Melanie and I are, you are always on the lookout for really good nutritious snack options especially during the school year. It's so great to have something that you can throw in a lunchbox or grab for a quick breakfast on the way out the door. Melanie and I happen to love Kind Bars. They taste great. They're made with ingredients you can recognize and pronounce. And that's why I'm so excited to tell y'all about a special deal with the Kind Snack Club. If you order a sample box from the Kind Snack Club, you'll get to try 10 Kind Bars for free. You only have to pay shipping. After you order the sample box, you'll receive monthly kind snacks at a discount and receive members-only bonuses. I am such a fan of the dark chocolate nuts and sea salt bar. I love their peanut butter breakfast bar, too. And the sample box includes those two options as well as other great flavors. They're kind-pressed fruit bars. I think you'll love their 10 snack sample box. And remember, all you have to do is pay shipping. So if you'd like to try it, go to kindsnacks.com bigboo. That's kindsnacks.com slash B-I-G-B-O-O for full details. And if you decide it's not for you, you can cancel your Kind Snack Club membership at any time. But I think you'll be a fan of all the kind goodness. Melanie and I are for sure. So, as always, we are so grateful that you've joined us and we hope you really enjoy episode 82. Here we go. Hey everybody, this is Sophie. This is Boo Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. We are recording this podcast in an approximate 40 minute window of time. <laughs> yes, yes. It's... We're breezy. We have so much free time these days where our schedules just align that yeah. we found one 20 minute pocket in our conjoined weeks where we could make it work. It's awful. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, it is, but it's reality. It's, it's what nobody tells you. I feel like I was telling somebody that yesterday. I was like, nobody tells you that teenagers, that this is what this looks like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That it's like your schedule on steroids. Like it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we can't, and I'm sorry Hazel's barking, by the way. It, we have, we're having a little bit of a thunderstorm. It's it's just imminent danger, and and I could try to secure the premises, but that would just set her off even more if I tried to shut the door. That's um, okay. That's but, okay. yeah, it's just like, we can't, we, we rushed home. Like, I've got to get him back for warm-ups for his football game, which we're assuming is not going to be canceled, but... It's mm-hmm. just like we have, we, there, like, it's, it's just, it's a little, it's a something, it's a something to try to get yeah. this thing together. And I will say, I thought earlier, I kind of laughed and I thought, well, anybody who enjoys this podcast should really be grateful that you and I only have one child each, because if there were more than one, it would never happen. It would never, no. it would never happen. Mm-mm. It'd be that podcast we did that time. Remember that one time we did 81 <laughs> of those podcasts. We wouldn't even be, we would be like, maybe it. It's year 10. We've done six of them. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Episode seven right here. uh, Yep. Yep. So, golly. And you and I Um, have not even talked, I feel like, in about really like for any length of time in probably two weeks. No, we haven't. And so let's talk first about most important thing. You had a very momentous weekend. Oh. I feel like we need to cover that before we really get into anything else. Okay, I'm going to tell you what. We're talking about the Mississippi State LSU game. It was in Startful. Alex and I went... It was my favorite day ever. Like so fun in terms of a mother-son outing. It was my absolute favorite day ever. There were so many moments during that day and that night where I felt like I just needed to put my hand over my heart a little bit. One time I actually Uh, did, and yeah, um, because it was so. It was so fun. I don't even know how to. And it's like Daphne said, we were, we were um, at the state game with my friend Daphne and her family. And at the end of the game, we were just kind of standing there sort of taking it all in. Because state won, by the way, and won decisively. Yes. They won 37. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. a thor- And But here's the thing. I so appreciate you as a Mississippi State fan. And I get it. Like, we get we're the same. Like, I was watching the game and I was so excited for you. But, like, I really did not text you till what, the end of the fourth quarter? Yes, because ma'am. I was so mm-hmm. afraid if I was like, y'all look good. This is amazing. I'm so excited. I thought I'm going to ruin it. So I was mm-hmm. like, I don't dare. I'm not going to destroy that whatever good juju is going on. I'm not going to dare text it. I'm not going to put it out into the universe. I appreciated that you said, I feel like it's safe now for me to say this. Yeah. When it was like 37. <laughs> Seven. Like yeah. It's late. Yeah. And I will say, my sister was the same. She did not touch <laughs> me throughout the whole game until about some, at some point in the fourth quarter, quarter she sent me a text and all it said was sister. And that was it. <laughs> it's like, do not speak of it. Do yeah. not speak Mm-mm. of the football magic going on. Mm-mm. Oh, it God. It was so fun. So we were, we were standing there at the, at the, after the game was over, just kind of taking it all in. And I looked back at Daphne and she said, it was fun from start to finish. Like, mm-hmm. it was one of those games. It was fun from start to finish. There was never a moment where that was... I don't know. I was not even very nervous during the game, but there was never a moment where I was sick at my stomach or where I felt Uh like I needed to move or where we needed to all shift seats because something wasn't working. Like it was Uh just fun from start to finish. We had a ball. It was a great day. It was hot. I'm Uh heart. It was hot, but it was still so, so fun. But it's amazing how the heat doesn't matter. Like I've (laughs) laughed. 
I've been reading all the A&M message boards and you know, it's a, it's a dumpster fire over there. Um, but I laughed because everybody is saying stuff like, I don't like the new DJ in the stadium. I don't like the new snacks that they serve. I don't like that our drinks or whatever. And I thought this is what happens when your football team's not doing well is you hate all of it. You're like yes. that you're going to complain about if we were winning, people would be like that DJ in the stadium's the most awesome thing ever, you know, but you're, everybody's disgruntled. I know. Well, uh, uh, I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was a while back. We were not having a good year and every, all the state fans got real angry about the cups in the stadium. They felt like they had an odor. <laughs> And like all anybody would post about is how those cups smell bad. What was wrong with the cups? And it's like, you know what you wouldn't care about if we were winning a bunch of games? What our cups did or did not smell like? Oh, no. It's amazing how all that disappears. You're like, you know, it was hot, but it was fine. It was totally worth being there. I didn't care that my mascara was melting off my face. It was worth it. Uh Uh, But otherwise, you're like, it was so hot. I can't believe I sat through that. Well, you'll appreciate. I went through great sort of debate and agony and consternation about what to wear the game because I think y'all are have always been a little bit more laid back about this at A&M but mm-hmm. but Mississippi teams I mean like we always kind of dressed for games you know we always yeah. sort of dressed up and so I did not wear jeans to a football game until I was in my 40s if that tells you anything like wow we, okay we, we always kind of decked you know for, for mm-hmm. football games and so um anyway but I told David the night before, I was like, I'm wearing shorts. And he was like, okay. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, what I'm telling you is <laughs> I'm wearing shorts to the football game and I'm wearing running shoes. And he was like, okay. And I was like, no, I don't think you understand, like, what a deal this is. Like, I'm really going for it. He was like, I think you don't need to think about it so much. But I did. I wore, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be hot. So I tried to dress as mm-hmm. as smart mm-hmm. as, as, as I could for the conditions. And I was so glad I did because it was yeah. It was, it was humid. It was, there was, there was no air. There was no breeze. It was stifling. Yeah. 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 And sometimes that just is more practical. That's the most practical approach. And I feel like that's something that comes when you get to be in your forties. Cause you're like, you know what? Nobody's looking at me. Nobody nobody cares. Not not one person cares if I'm in my running shorts and my tennis shoes, Mm -hmm. like nobody cares. I'm going to wear what I want. So, um, I know I'm kind of going through that because I'm doing that book signing in college station before the A&M Alabama game. And so it's like, I've got it. I feel like I need to look cute for the book signing, Mm -hmm. but then also I don't know yet if I'm actually going to go to the game. I'm going to just go ahead and make that confession. I may go home and sit on honey's couch and Mm -hmm. watch the game in the air conditioning. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to wait and see how low ticket prices go Mm -hmm. is kind of where I feel. um, That's, that's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a pessimistic, my glass is half empty kind of place right now. Well, you're just, you're cautious. You're just, you're guarding your heart is what you're mm-hmm. doing. Well, because you know what we have coming up this weekend? My favorite game of the whole year. Yes. The Arkansas game. Yes. Which to add insult, as if that game could not be worse. It was like the football god said, how can we make this game even worse? Oh, you know what? Let's make kickoff at 11 a.m. I mean, no. like, oh, 11 a.m. It's the worst. It's the kiss of death kickoff time, first of all. Oh, I know. I'm like, it's, but, and here's the thing, Arkansas isn't any good either, but I just, it, but here's what I know is going to happen. We're going to have 74 players that are going to get injured on the field because <laughs> it happens every time. 
and then we're essentially left our backup quarterback at this point, I think is going to be some guy they're going to go get out of the chem lab in the engineering building is pretty much what I think we're dealing with. So right. They're uh, going to call some guy who played, mm -hmm. who was the second string tailback in high school one time. Uh Yep. Coach Sumlin's out on the intramural fields right now (laughs) going, Hey kid, you want a shot? You want a shot? How do you feel? You got a good arm? What do you think? So anyway, so that's that's where I am. So uh, I'll be watching that game. I mean, I will watch it, but I just you just know it's gonna be it's gonna be just a an ugly slugfest, uh, just bad football extravaganza. I don't care how great, and we've talked about this before, how great state season is going, or how poorly state season is going. The Mississippi State Arkansas game is always it it always creates a lot of stress in my life. Mm-hmm. It creates Mm -hmm. a lot of um, restlessness in my spirit. Like, I never clean like I do when State and Arkansas play. I don't know. It's just always Mm -mm. agonizing in some way for some reason. No, I'm going to tell you what the reason is. Because all their O-linemen are 452 pounds. And so you don't get out of that game without 64 injuries. Mm -hmm. You just don't. Like, somebody's ankle is going to snap. It's the whole thing. I I don't mean to speak it into existence. It's just just the reality of what it is. Sure. We will we will speak a blessing over all yeah. the players when we get off this podcast and the field and the yes. the gang day officials. But just yes. history has taught us it tends not to go so well. It's no. at least if, if nothing else as far as our mental health is concerned. It's a That's exactly right. It's t- exactly it's right. So well, we play Georgia. Oh, that's a big one. In Athens at six oh. o'clock. I know. Ooh, okay. That's a lot. But that's I feel like it's going to be to pray. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, it is. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be, that's going to tell a lot. I feel yes, like, you know, is. you have those games where you're like, okay, this is going to tell us what we're really made of one well, way or the other. And, you know, our quarterback, Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, is from Georgia and apparently went to Georgia football camp when he was in high school and they did not offer him. They were kind of interested mm-hmm. in him as like a tailback or a running back, but not as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little history there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, his uncle played at Georgia. and mm-hmm. so He may have a vendetta. Well, I just, I hope he feels motivated and not, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah. We'll I see. would think if anything is going to motivate you, it would be that. Yeah, I would. Th- I mean, I would think, you know, you've, there's something on the line. But um, I will tell you what, the, the biggest highlight of the state LSU game, besides the winning part and winning authoritatively, um, was <laughs> that, you know, we have struggled with field goal kickers the last few years. We have had a hard time. Like, yes, I have been at games where they have done the, the punt, like pass and kick contest at halftime. And if somebody was pretty good during that that's people in the crowd would scream sign him up give him a scholarship yeah. like like we yes. have, we've had a hard time so this past week a, a walk-on freshman from houston who mm. went to memorial high school got a shot and was four for four on his um extra points and three for three on field goals and it was like the Angels had had entered Davis Wade Stadium. People were so carried away that we had a field goal kicker. Like it yes. was. I mean, I don't think he's this, this. This kid is not even on scholarship, and he mm-hmm. is going to be. He's going to be a superstar. So yeah, it's well because that's so funny that you say that because I didn't realize that. I don't think about y'all's, but then when I watched the Texas USC game later that yeah. night. When it came down to USC was going to need to kick the field goal to tie it, to get it to go to overtime. 
it was kind of, they were like, and their, their kicker, he's a freshman walk-on. And I was like, well, what could possibly go wrong with a freshman <laughs> walk-on kicker? How could, how could that go wrong? Yeah, I mean, you know. Probably like, not nervous at all. God, I mean, I, and that little kicker, listen, he, he carried that game for him. But I, I'm going to tell you that the deer in the Texas USC game, it became apparent to me that I have a football problem because my heart was racing so fast during that game. And I was so worked up and here's the whole truth. I didn't really care who won. You know what I mean? Like it didn't, I was like, this is a game that ultimately I don't have a dog in this fight. Sure. I mean, now granted, it never makes me sad to see the Longhorns lose. I'm just going to say that. Mm-hmm. But I was, I really didn't care. And it was, I was like, I have a problem that I'm this, like, I couldn't, like, I, I, like, I couldn't wind down to go to sleep after it was over. And I was like, this wasn't even either of my teams. Like, this wasn't a team that I even care about. I was like, it's just something, it just it gets me all amped up. Well, I saw on Twitter the next morning <clears throat> that you said, like, that that, ga- like, that you thought that game was going to kill you dead or something like that. And I yes. was like, I, but I didn't know why you, you were so, it was just, so it was just that it was stressful. It was stressful and it was so like just back and forth and you didn't know what was going to happen. And it just I, it went to double overtime. And I just, I don't know. It just, I got so into it, but it was one of those weird where it's like, I didn't even know. I hadn't even planned my evening to necessarily watch that game. We just right. ended up with it on, you know, and I don't know. I just, I got, I got invested. I got emotionally invested. Okay. Well, um, I mean, I think it's good to know this about yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware. Now I'm self-aware. So, um, and maybe just all my Aggie football angst needed a place to go. Maybe it needed an outlet. Well, I told you, I listened to the, when we were on the way to Starkville, we listened to the A&M Louisiana Lafayette game. And when it was 14-14, I was, I, I, I had, I had you sort of running through my head and it mm-hmm. was, it was a loud voice that I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was happy when we when we finally got to Startville and got I can't remember where we went but we went somewhere that had a television and I saw that y'all had pulled ahead. Yes, and I felt better about that. Yeah, we did pull ahead. I left at halftime in an unprecedented move. I left at halftime to go with Caroline. I took Caroline and like seven of her friends and we all went shopping for homecoming dresses. So okay. I just followed the rest of it on Twitter. I was like, I can't. Whatever it is, it's just going to be what it's going to be, and I just kind of followed along and I was relieved and I'm glad and listen that's great but I just (laughs) tell you what I'm hearing right now I'm hearing that you have you have set down a boundary yeah I'm hearing some emotional distance yes between you and the Aggies right now Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like you are you are prioritizing it's it's sort of like what I've had to do with the news I feel like you are prioritizing your mental health and maybe even the integrity of your testimony that's exactly right Mm -hmm. that's exactly right away a little bit you've backed Mm -hmm. away I have because I don't know what team do we have the team that came out and then was able to win at halftime or do we have the first half team that decided to fake a field goal when we were tied 14 all with Louisiana Lafayette and Mm -hmm. missed and botched it. I I don't know. I don't know what team we have. Mm -hmm. So until that becomes a little until I know what I'm dealing with, Mm -hmm. I just feel like emotionally it's just it's time for us to take a break. We're on a break. You're on a break. Aggie football and I were on a break. So that's it. Okay, I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's mm-hmm. wise. I think mm-hmm. I think that's I feel, good. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. So, all right um, then. What else okay. is going on? Caroline shopping for homecoming dresses. Yes. Did, so they, did going... they did they all find something? No. Okay. Um, 
only Caroline did. We came home with two dresses. Okay. Um, but I told Caroline, that's the benefit of being five foot five and 90 pounds. Sure. Everything looks good on you. I mean, what, how can you go wrong? So do they wear long dresses or short dresses for homecoming? Um, short dresses. And really, like, we're just kind of figuring this out. She's going with a group of girlfriends. Okay. So not, not with a date, which is kind of what a lot of kids do. And so she's going with a group of her girlfriends. And so the kind of the group that's going all went. And so from what we've heard and from what I've seen in the past is you kind of see a mix of everything from okay. a little more casual, like a Sunday dress to a little more maybe cocktailish, mm-hmm. semi-formal, I believe is what they call that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I don't know that anybody wears a long dress. I would say right. that everybody's in short dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, so we found her a real cute little short. Um, it's like a little two piece dress and it's real cute. And, um, so anyway, so we went to, but you know, that's one of those where you have to go like department store shopping because you can't, you know, especially for like juniors. So you have to go to like the junior homecoming section. So I found myself in Dillard's in the junior homecoming section with every other mother and daughter in this greater San Antonio sure. area. Yeah. It's all trying mm-hmm. on dresses. You've never seen if eye rolls and deep sighs could like fuel the universe. We could have powered all of San Antonio for years to come based on the interactions in that dressing so room. So how'd you, you know? how'd you have to play that? Did you have to play like I'm mildly disinterested in you and whatever fashion choice you make? Did you have to like, did you have to somehow squelch your enthusiasm if you thought saw something that was cute or could you shoot straight pretty much all the way through? I pretty much shot straight. It's okay. funny because I will say that I think Caroline, we have reached a new plateau where now there were some things I pulled out and she was like, no, I don't like that. Okay. But I feel like she trusts me enough now to mm-hmm. know that I do, I do know how to pull stuff out that's going to look good on her. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, this is going to look good on you. This is going to look good on you. So, um, and I kind of, and I think too, it's, I'm learning her style. So I have a better idea of like, there's some that I look at and go, well, I think that's darling, but she isn't going to try that in a million years. Like it's never going to happen. So I think that made the whole process. I think that's why she was able to find something because I feel like we know, I felt like some of the other little girls, I mean, not little, they're like 14, but um, some of the other girls, I think it's harder because I think they're so it's just they don't know what their style is yet you know what I mean so I think they're trying to try on things that they think they're going to like but then they put them on and you're like that doesn't look quite right like Mm -hmm. you've got to um and so I I kind of helped I told Caroline after it was over I said I so wish all your friends would have just let me do a dress for them because I could have found them all dresses like I could have put all of them but they have their own thoughts on what they like and that's not necessarily what a 46 year old woman would have chosen for them well and they don't know that that's one of your spiritual gifts like they don't (laughs) they haven't they haven't come to that conclusion or that realization on their own yet if they if they if they really thought that thing through they would have just stood in a line and let you go here 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 yeah yeah this color is going to look good on you this shape is going to look good on you Mm -hmm. you need to accentuate this or whatever and some of them I feel like because they're so used to it's like they're just always in running shorts and t-shirts where I'm like here's the deal you're 14 years old you're really at it, it, the prom, like you're, mm-hmm. you're hitting your prime years in terms of what you can wear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so w- this isn't really the time to decide to wear a dress that's like a shapeless shift that just hangs on you. Yes, you, know? you save your shift dresses for your 40s when you're me. <laughs> because now, like I can honestly, I can get on Nordstrom to shop for a dress. And I, I mean, if there were a box I could check that says shift yes. or, or sheath. Like that's mm-hmm. uh, absolutely 100% of the time, but like they don't have there. That's not where they live mm-hmm. yet. 
Mm-hmm. No, no. And, but I do feel like it's hard because I was looking online beforehand just to kind of get an idea of what was out there. Like I just needed to mentally prepare myself. And I know you deal with this in your job, but I was like, are we shopping? Are these homecoming dresses? Or are we about to farm these girls out as ladies of the evening? Like okay. what is happening okay, with some of these is. dresses? Like I, I, and I don't want to, because I'm like, here's the thing. There's so many cute, tasteful things that are still very stylish and very fashionable and whatever. But I'm like, why do we need to show so much? You know, like, I don't know. I don't get it. I know it's, it's, it's puzzling. There's, and there's, there's so many, if you've got all that fabric here, here's what I want to say to you, dress designers. You've got an endless selection of fabric. You can, you can pick all from all sorts of beautiful fabrics and, and sequins and fringe, and you've got all these things you can use. Why we got to cut that thing down to some girl's belly button? Yeah. Like, yes. why is she going to have to worry that if she bends over, she's going to show some things? Like, yes. you know what I yes. mean? It's, yes. It's, I feel like there's so there's so many ways to do something that's really beautiful and fun, and um, but without being provocative. And, and, and who wants their teenage girl to look provocative, you know? I, I don't know. I know. It's just it's a I little know. bit of a puzzle to me because I think there's there's a thousand ways for a girl to dress cute and dress young. And mm-hmm. I really do feel for them in terms of what's available to them because it's like everybody thinks they're trying to dress like they're 28 years old, you know, going mm-hmm. to some swanky cocktail party when they're just teenage girls who want to go to a, a school dance. Yeah. And they want to look cute. And that's, I mean, part of the problem was, it's like, as Caroline, like, and her friends were trying, some of them were trying stuff on, but they would have on like their normal bra and like you could see over half of their bra hanging out. So Mm -hmm. it becomes like the dress itself looks cute. But if you could just do something up here with that area, like put in (laughs) a panel or something, you know, like, I don't know, it just, it didn't feel, um, I don't know. It's, you know, but that's such a tricky age because two, I think some of those dresses, depending on how developed or how advanced somebody is, one dress can look totally different on one girl than it looks on a different girl, you know? So I think it's, I think it takes some trial and error to figure out what works it for does. you. It does. So. It, ta- it takes a little bit. I always go back to the hmm. first dance I ever went to. I wore a, a Kelly green and white. I wish I could remember the brand dress that had a white crocheted collar that was as mm. big as a dining room table yeah i mean no joke that thing was significant and it had a, a, a kelly green vinyl belt that went mm. around the waist it was probably about probably about two inches wide mm, that sounds magical <laughs> that it, i thought i looked beautiful and that dress came down to like it was when it was when everybody mm-hmm. liked things that were more tea length yeah oh, uh, I loved a tea length <laughs> I loved a tea length dress Nicole Kidman had on a tea length dress at the Emmys was by the way length? I didn't I couldn't I didn't see the length of it well it was on her I mean okay. it wouldn't have been on Reese Witherspoon God bless her who had to stand right next to her but I mean on five foot ten Nicole Kidman I was like I believe that's a tea length dress that okay. Nicole Kidman has on now did you watch so, all the Emmys no, I didn't watch any of the Emmys. Okay. I just watched the red carpet. I okay. just, I just watched the red carpet. I, I get tired of, here's my problem with award shows. I don't want to hear about politics. I don't want to hear about it anywhere. I don't care what your views are. I don't want to hear about it. So I just want to watch. I just want to see the fashion. So that's what I do. Well, that's here was what I ran into with the Emmys. Cause I did watch, I kind of fast forwarded through, um, is that I don't know what these shows are like. 
It used oh. to be that you had three networks and then you had HBO and, and everything was going to come from there. There uh-huh. were shows nominated multiple times that I thought I have never, and I think I do a pretty good job of staying decently connected to pop culture. Uh-huh. And I thought, I've never heard of this. Like, I uh-huh. don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this, I, I don't know what network broadcast this show or what uh-huh. streaming service broadcast this show. I don't know what this show is about and I don't know any of the people in it. So I, yeah. I had a hard, a harder time connecting with the the winners and stuff because I didn't really know, you know, anything mm-hmm. about what was nominated. Yeah, and then that becomes a problem mm-hmm. when you don't. I know that's kind of the same because I don't feel like I watch necessarily a lot of new shows or a lot of the most trendy shows. And so that was the other thing is I was like, it wasn't back in the days when I was like, oh man, I really hope Friday Night Lights wins or right. you know Mad Men or a show that I was invested in because I don't know that I've seen a lot of those shows. Now I was thrilled that Randall from This Is Us won. He won Best yes. Actor. Yes. Well, and your good buddy, Joe McCraney had won oh. earlier. He had won the week before, which was no doubt probably due to y'all's lengthy conversation <laughs> at the SEC baseball tournament. That's right. I, I told, I told you, I felt like that day that my job was to encourage him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm telling you what, I feel like now too, because of this is us, he's everywhere. Like he popped, mm-hmm. I just noticed <laughs> him more. And I just think all the time, well, I thought we had a very meaningful conversation that day. I thought I met you, but I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't actually mm-hmm. meet you. That was not yeah. actually you. But maybe like by proxy, somehow that became part of Gerald McRaney's real story. Maybe he heard about it through the grapevine. Hey, there was a woman. I doubt it. I doubt probably, it. I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, probably not. But I was, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I wish we could have him on the podcast. I think that would be fun. Wouldn't that be so fun? Mm-hmm. That'd be, you'd be like, remember that time? Oh no, you don't. Cause that wasn't really you. <laughs> So I don't know. I, I, you know, I thought a few weeks ago that I, I got on my Twitter notifications. It showed up that he had retweeted something that I said, and I was so excited. And, and it was so different, Gerald McCrady, no, right? It was, it was somebody who had, like somebody had hacked his account, and <laughs> somebody because I, I I put it on Instagram, and somebody was like, "Yeah, I went back and looked, and his account has been shut down for suspicious activity." <laughs> So hopeful that we were gonna, we were finally gonna connect Gerald McCraney and I. And alas, it was not to be again. It was not meant to be. It Mm -mm. was not meant to be. Now, when does this is us start back up? Pretty soon. I have no idea, but I can I can look because I have Google. Okay. Um, Let's see. This is us premiere 2017. It September 26th. So next week. Oh. That's next week. Okay, that's coming up. I knew it was quick because all the shows are starting to premiere. Um, you know what show I got real tickled because I have started watching a new show okay. on Netflix that I am really enjoying. And I'm going to tell you the name of it. And I was thinking, oh, I'm so glad we're going to podcast. I'm going to share how much I love this show. And I'm going to tell you that this is, tells you how behind I am. Because essentially what I might as well be telling you, there's this great show. And it's about people that get on a cruise ship every week. And different people travel. It's called The Love Boat. Okay. And there's Isaac. I mean, okay. it's like that old. That's what I feel like I'm recommending because okay. I feel like it's going to be like everybody's going to be like, I've been watching the show forever. Heart of Dixie. Okay. Several people have recommended that to me, but I've never watched it. <gasps> I I don't know why I've never watched it. I, I remember it being on. I think it was just at a time that I didn't have time. There used to be so much television. I didn't have time to add another show. Right. And, but I was really looking for something. And my friend Lindsay, who we talked about last week, who... Mm-hmm 
she's all into entertainment stuff and whatever. I knew it was one she watched because I would see her kind of recap it or talk about it or whatever. So I was like, so I texted her last week and I was like, would you still recommend starting Heart of Dixie? And she was like, yes, it's so good. I'm going to tell you, it's so good. I love it. You would really like it. It's set in Alabama. Okay. It's really is it a made-up town in Alabama? It is. It's Bluebell, Alabama, which okay. I don't think, to my knowledge, is not. It's outside of Mobile. Okay. Bluebell is. Okay. Um, but it's real cute. And so the premise is that cute little Rachel Bilson, who is just darling, she's like a Polly Pocket size, but mm-hmm. she um, is a big-time, like, surgical resident in New York and through a series of events that I will not reveal, okay. ends up practicing medicine in Bluebell, Alabama. And so it's just about the different characters and... Um, it's, I will tell you, there are some characters from Friday Night Lights that are in it. Okay. Um, and I just am really enjoying it. I mean, it's not anything. It is not going to change the world. It's not going to make you think deep thoughts, but I am really liking it. It's kind of very much like a Gilmore girlish type thing, like a quirky little town and it's quirky little people. And there's a character named Lemon Vreeland who will just make your whole life. Now, let me ask you this, and I think you'll, you'll, be comfortable with answering this question how are the southern accents um they're a little overdone in some places i will say but i don't feel like obnoxiously so okay you know i'm very particular about my southern accents i know i know i will say that they do not offend me okay but we'll see what you think um it, but they do not bother me. So not uh, Olympia Dukakis and still Magnolias. No, okay. no, 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 no. I do not feel like that at all. No I offense feel... to Miss Dukakis, by the way. No, I'm just saying it was not her strongest. No, it wasn't the best accent. Yeah. Um, no, it is definitely not like that. I feel like it's really, I feel like it's really cute. And I feel like it's got cute little storylines. And it's not, um, there's nothing like I would let Caroline watch it. I mean, okay. it's, it's. Yeah, it's it's a cute. I mean, it's got like a little underrunning like kind of love story and just I don't know, it's just real cute. I like it. Well, I am So hard Dixie. Okay, that's good to know. I don't yeah. I don't have anything. Here's what I I'm, I'm watching right now. Um I am watching Flipping Out. Yes, me too. Me too. Um I'm watching The Real Housewives of Orange County because yeah. I've been with it this long like why not keep on going? Yeah, you got to power through. Yeah, got to keep going. And I'm watching a lot of SEC Network. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. kind of about it for me at this juncture with television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much, I feel like that's kind of me too. I'm flipping out because I feel like Jeff Lewis and this baby is fascinating to me. Well, uh, and the baby, we were talking, I was talking about this with some with some um, friends of ours over the weekend, really does sound a little bit like a pterodactyl. Or what yes. I would imagine a pterodactyl would sound like. Yeah, it's a sharp, it is It is not a normal baby cry. I mean, like you can tell, but I've always heard that. And Caroline was not a colicky baby, but you know, they keep talking about her being real colicky. And mm-hmm. I've always heard that about colicky babies, that it's not a normal cry, that it's a different kind of cry. And I would have to agree based on this. I will say, I, I think I have reached that point in life too, where, and I, th- I think you're probably with me on this, where the notion of having to get up over and over again during the night and to care for a baby feels like a really distant, far away memory for me. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. Just yeah. in general, when I when I hear stories on either on television or in real life about people who are currently losing sleep because of an infant or, mm-hmm. or like it makes me I, I don't know, I have I have deep sympathy pains for, for Yes. Them. I feel very anxious for them. It was funny because last night Perry and I were watching something 
and there was like a little baby on it. And he goes, he said, what would you do? He said, how much would somebody have to give you right now to have a baby? And he said, like, if, if somebody said you're going to have a baby right now. And I was like, I don't know. And I go, well, how much would it take for you? And he was like, there's not enough. And I said, <laughs> no. I said, what if, I said, what if somebody said, you're going to have a baby, like you have to have a baby mm-hmm. and you have to raise it. And I said, but you get $1 million and you get 10,000 acres in South Texas. And he thought about it for a minute. And he said, it's going to depend on where the 10,000 acres <laughs> is. That's <laughs> well, listen, I mean, let's just, let's, let's don't fool ourselves. If you or I get pregnant right now, I mean, we're going to have some money rolling in from the inevitable made for TV movie. Well, that's the truth about what happens when you get pregnant in your late forties. God, you aren't kidding. But then I could write my next book that would, it would write itself. Cause it'd be that time I had a baby when I was old, <laughs> so old. I really, oh. I, whoa, that would be, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like somebody said something the other day. I was somewhere, I was at a doctor's appointment and they said they, the nurse was doing a checklist. She was like, she's like, how many children do you have? And I said one. And she said, do you plan on having more? And I thought, I don't believe you looked at my birth date. <laughs> like I, I appreciate that my rose hip oil is clearly doing some miraculous things to my face. That's right. That's right. But I don't believe that you looked at the 1971 part of my birth date <laughs> before you asked if I was done having babies. Because yes, ma'am, I am done. Yeah. I, uh, mm, I, mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not happening. No. Again. No. I think about, and you know, now I have an appreciation because it's like we said, like with the teenage thing, because my friend Tiffany, one of my good friends from college, she was the oldest of, at the time, three girls. And when she was 15, her mom got pregnant with twins. Mm-hmm. And like Tiffany, so now, like now at the time I heard that story in college and I was like, oh God, yeah, that's bizarre. But now I'm like, what is that like? You know what I mean? Like to have a 15 year old and I think like a 13 year old and a 10 year old and then you know and I know people do it but I'm like I don't know talk about how do you balance everything well my mama had a 14 year old a 10 year old and then me well I guess that's true so there you have it I mean I you think like you talk about having your foot in some different worlds she had one in high school one or in junior high um Mm -hmm. you know one still in elementary school and then an infant and then a baby golly that is just, and that's back before you had those little car seat baskets to just carry you around in. That's right. Somebody was going to have me on their hip. Yes. Like, Good night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There wasn't any kind of a sling she was putting you in and no. walking around. No, ma'am. Uh-uh. Just brute arm strength is what that yeah. was. <laughs> God. Some lower back pain. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. When you're dealing with your, you're like, oh, yeah, I have arthritis and I have to carry this baby around. <laughs> Golly. God. I don't even know. No. So, um, so there's that heart of Dixie. I've posted about it a couple of different places. I'm really enjoying Mary Beth Wayland's when we were worthy book. It's I really ca- good. I saw you post about that and mm-hmm. I, and I thought the same thing. I thought, well, that just looks so intriguing to me. Yeah, it's good. I have to say it's really good. I was, I, when it came in, I thought, well, this cover looks like something that I would pick up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then it just took me a while cause I've just been kind of busy. And then I had started the light we lost cause I had bought it at the beginning of the summer 
And I read it and it was fine. I had told Gully after I read it, and I think I put this on the blog today, it's kind of a love story about two star-crossed lovers and just all the different circumstances of their life. And I told Gully, I said, I think it was supposed to make me feel sadder than it actually did because I think I'm in a cynical place mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, um, but... I- Listen, that's where we, anytime there's a, a, a lot, I just think, well, this is a lot of drama. Like, yes, yes. It just, it felt like a lot. And I felt like, I guess I'm at a stage in life where what I wanted to tell the main character is like, you need to move on with things. <laughs> like, you need to get a hold of yourself. Like you, you have built something up in your mind as to something that it never was. And I'm going to tell you, you're better off. And so you need to get a hold of yourself and appreciate what you have. Okay. So I was like, basically, I was the cranky old lady. You were the George Costanza. I was. Uh-huh. But I think it's different. It shows how, because I think if I had read it when I was 20, I would have been like, oh, this is the most romantic yes. thing I've they ever read. I just have such a hard time. And now, I mean, I found myself in a couple of different conversations lately where there there are a lot of sort of intricate circumstances and where my reaction is, do you have peace about it? Well, move mm. on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. I just, yeah. I don't know what that is. I guess that's the process of becoming like the the we're moving into the phase of our lives where we just sort of state our opinion without um, necessarily caring about feelings. That's right. Well, I laughed. Did you see, there was a clip and now I'm going to have to find it so you can put it in our show notes. So there was a clip of these two old friends that were on the Steve Harvey show. And I can't remember their names were like ginger and gamma or something like that. But they're like two best friends and they're like in, they may be a hundred, but they were in their late nineties. But one of them said to the other one and she, he said, he's, and they were sweet, but he said, do you, he said, do y'all talk every day? And one of them said, she said, yes, she calls me every day. And she said, I have to get up and walk all the way on my phone. She just wants to tell me I made the bed. I went to the (laughs) store. She said, I wish she'd quit calling me. She said, don't call me unless it's something important. And I thought that's, I was like, you just slowly lose your and <laughs> you, you you lose your tolerance, or not tolerance, but your interest in the minutia of life a little bit. Yeah. I feel like where yeah, she's like, she just calls me and says, "I did this, I did that." She goes, "I don't care what she did. I wish she'd quit calling me. I had to get all the way out of my chair to go answer the phone." And I thought, I there's think... a little freedom in that, isn't there? I mean, there's that's yeah. A, because mm-hmm. that's what I thought reading this book as I thought, you know, I think now if I knew this girl in real life, I would say, I'm going to tell you that I know that you think that he's scared of how he feels about you. And that's not the case. That's never been one time the case. Like not even a little bit true, ma'am. Yeah. He's a commitment phobe. The end. That's the problem. So, um, but all that to say that when we were worthy, I am really enjoying and you would like it too. It's, okay. it's really good. It's, it's well written. It's a good story. It's got lots of twists and turns. I feel like I can't put it down because it leaves you like with these little, like it's told from different characters point of views. And so it kind of leaves you like hanging like, Oh, I need to see what's going to happen next. It's okay. good. Well, I can't wait to get it. Hey y'all. It's Sophie. I'm sneaking in here to the podcast because Melanie just mentioned how much she loves Mary Beth Whalen's book, When We Were Worthy, and I can't wait to read it. And I wanted to make sure to mention that I don't think you need to wait another second to order and to read Melanie's new book, Church of the Small Things. It comes out October 3rd, just a little over a week away. And y'all, you're just going to love it. I think more than any other book Melanie has written, she really opens up her life and her heart to show you the things that have shaped her. And even though we hear all the time about how we need to have big plans and we need to have a big purpose and we need to do all these big things, 
the stories that Melanie tells will remind you, it sure reminded me of how God does such big stuff in our lives through small everyday acts of faithfulness. You're going to laugh, you're going to cry, and more than anything, I think you're going to walk away so encouraged. It's going to help you in your walk as a family member. It's going to help you as you interact with your community. And ultimately, I think it will make you even more grateful for God's loving kindness in your life. So Church of the Small Things comes out October 3rd. Y'all will love it. You can get it at Barnes & Noble, at Amazon, or any of your favorite booksellers. Don't miss it. Okay, back to the podcast. We were, Alex and I were even talking about it on the way to the, to the game Saturday. It's just that time of year where it's kind of like by the time I get home from work and I get supper started and then get him wherever he needs to go or get him started uh-huh. wherever he needs to start on and then cook supper, serve supper, clean up the kitchen. I'll pretty much check Twitter, check Instagram, and I'm about ready to check out. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm about yeah. done. Yeah, I know. And that's, I've kind of, the reading to me, I feel like has started to happen a lot of times on weeknights, just when I'm, it's in between because Caroline is at soccer for so long. So I drop her off and I come home. And so it's like, that's what I do mm-hmm. before I go get her. Um, a lot of times if it's my night to go get her. And then, um, and then I have also, I put this on the blog. I feel like I have designated for myself that Monday is my new Saturday. So on Mondays, I kind of let myself, if I don't have anything super pressing that I watch TV or I read a book or I just get to relax since our weekends are apparently no longer relaxation time. Well, your weekends really aren't relaxation time. I mean, I feel like because that's usually when that's usually the first time we'll throw out to try to podcast because Alex's games, all that's during the week, of course. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. you're really you're you're rarely just home on Mm -mm. on the weekend no we're just I mean we're I mean I guess this past were we home sad well Saturday we ended up going shopping so it's Mm -hmm. like and then Sunday we had a soccer game in Houston so I mean that was our whole day was driving to Houston watching soccer driving back home so you think we left our house at 7 45 got back home at six o'clock Sunday night that was our whole day so okay there was a question that somebody sent me that I sent to you, and I think this was probably like a week ago. So I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and dig through to find it. But I thought it was a good question. I'll cut out this long pause while I wait for it. Okay. I took a screenshot of it. Okay. Um, you want me to see if I can find it? Let's see. Um, I, I put it under Big Boo Cast. Oh, you have it filed. I may have. No, I don't. I, that would have been such a good thing to do because I do have a file called Big Boo Cast, but I have not, your Big Boo Cast folder is empty. That's I think, what I think it's. I think it was a text though, or maybe I just thought I texted it to you and I didn't. No, I think you did. Hold on, let me look through my text. Are you looking through our text? I am looking through our text, but um, um but this is now I'm back on the. I oh, wait. Um, okay, here it is. I found it. Oh, good. So sorry about Hazel. I'm telling you, she's okay. No, she's fine. So this, and I, this, so I, I won't say the name, but this person said, listen to your podcast this morning. Um, I have a question for your next podcast, whenever that may be. Mm-hmm. I'm a 26 year old single gal trying to find my community. I feel like I don't fit in currently at my local church. Do I stick it out in hopes that God opens doors or do I seek out a new church community? Any suggestions or advice? Welcome. Mm. Um, I mean, my, my first reaction is, is I'm going to go back to what you just said. Do you feel peace about it? Do you feel like, (laughs) 
I mean, because here's the thing. Do you love everything at your church except for that? And is there a way that you could find community or do you feel like, you know, is it worth it? And then can you find other ways to get dialed in there, whether that's serving in the children's ministry or maybe working with the youth or Mm -hmm. doing something like that? Because I feel like sometimes that can lead to getting more involved because I think it depends on what do you want by community? Because I feel like if you're a 26 year old and you start getting involved with those youth, you're going to end up having some community for sure. Um, for sure. Cause I think the parents are going to love you. The teens are going to love you the whole thing. But if what you're looking for to me is more of a true, like single peer group community and that age group or demographic doesn't exist at your church or you're not finding it, then it may be time to look for a new place. But I also think that there are places to find that that don't necessarily have to be a church too. True. Yes. I think that's very true. I think you can find that at work to a certain extent. I think you can find that, um, I mean, sometimes my biggest community has been my friends from college, like just during certain yeah. times of, of my life. I kind I agree with you. I think that you're, you can have community at a church and it just not necessarily be with everybody your same age, which is not necessarily even a bad thing. No. But I get that if you're looking for people to go out to dinner with and to go to movies with and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you may feel like, you know, buddying up with the women in 50 plus or whatever. It's not necessarily your what you're what you're looking for but yeah. I, but i i am a big believer that i mean i i think we're i i, I like the a commitment to a local body so i think if you don't have mm-hmm. a real like i don't know doctrinal theological issue with your leadership and you have you feel like that's where you're supposed to be it's just that you're missing that one piece i think you stick mm-hmm. with it is that yeah, bad advice I, I don't know No, I think that's true because I was going to say, I feel like this is something like the older I get. And I feel like we've talked about this a lot in light of community worship and just different churches is I think that we have it built up in our mind that we're going to find the perfect church. You know, Mm -hmm. we're like all the elements and it's like, and, and I think that the truth is, is number one, there's no such thing as a perfect church because there's no such thing as perfect people. And so I feel like you almost have to decide when you commit to a church body, like what's the most important to me and what right. are things that I can let go of or what are things that I can find outside of church that I'm not getting there. Cause I just think that if you go in search of like a place that a church that fills all your needs, I just, I think you're going to always be looking for a new church. Right. I just, I think that's how it works. Cause I think people are going to let you down and you're not going to always find what you're looking for there. But I think is there, you know, I would start looking around cause maybe there's a Bible study that's a different women's group that meets in the evening. That's part of a different church. You know what I mean? Like right. there can be flow where you can still be part of your church body, but there are other faith-based activities um, around that maybe you could find some community there. Yeah. Cause you know, I did that for a lot of years where I went to a Bible study that was separate from my church and those women, and I was the youngest one in that group, but those women were precious to me and exactly what I needed as a, mm-hmm. a new young mama at that, mm-hmm. at that point in time. But, but none of those women actually went to my local church. And I think, too, you know, I'll, I'll say this, too. I think you also, as you get older, you realize kind of what's what's critical for you and what's sort of secondary for you. And so if it's a case where I'm 26 and I didn't think when I joined this church, you know, five years ago that this was a big deal. But community is like, that's my number one thing and I don't have mm-hmm. it. Then I think you start to pray about like you know, is there, is there somewhere else I'm supposed to be? Yeah. Um, you know, talk to your friends at, at 
work or at the gym or wherever about what where they are and what they love or you know I don't know just keep your ears and your eyes open but I do think that that it's important to be committed otherwise we would just all hop from one thing to another to another to another to another to another mm-hmm. and never really plant ourselves yeah yeah and I think there's something to be said for putting down roots because I think it just and I think in this day and age I think it takes time to build real life community I mean you know and I think especially in college it's so easy and then I think you get out I mean I remember really struggling with that as you get out in the real world and you've got a job and commitments and all that stuff and it's it's just harder to to find that and I think you have to kind of dial in a little bit more to to find that because it doesn't just necessarily happen because I think especially people can stay so isolated because of social media and Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people don't feel the need to go to church every Sunday and all that stuff that I think you have to sometimes stick with it and work a little harder than maybe we used to when there were like potluck dinners at the church every Sunday evening. Maybe it's worth sticking your neck out to be a part of something in your church that you haven't done before. Like Melanie was saying, like maybe you join the choir, even if you, you know, Mm -hmm. like put yourself in different situations um, just to see if there are places to connect there. But yep. I think if you do have a piece, like you love the leadership of your church and you, you, you love, you know, you're, you're getting great teaching and um, you're growing in your walk with the Lord at that place. I don't know that I would leave over that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree with that. We're on the same page. Okay. Glad we solved that one. Okay. Well, look at that. We solved that just in time for you to go pick up Alex <laughs> from football practice. Yeah. Well, I've got, no, I've got to take him back to school because oh, they gotcha. have a game at seven. And so they have oh. to get, they have to get to school um, and, you know, get, get all their, get like get their pads on and, and oh, yeah, all, all geared that. up, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we, gotcha. haven't even, we haven't even talked about beauty products. I feel like. Somehow. Oh, good night. I know. It's like we've let everybody down. I don't really have, I mean, because it's only been two weeks. I haven't, I'm still using my organic rosehip oil. I will tell you that. Me too, sister. uh Uh-huh. I'm a big fan. So, but I have not added any new products to my, to my regimen as of late. So that's, that's where I am. Okay. Well, we'll keep y'all posted. Um, Yeah. And if Hazel does in fact have a panic attack, y'all will be the first to know. Yeah. Um, Please keep us updated. uh, Because she's really, she's, she's, you hear her, she's. Mm-hmm. She's after it. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, right. we'll try to do this sooner as opposed to later. And yep. we will talk to y'all soon. Bye. We've come back after we recorded the podcast earlier, like this past week. We've come back to do a follow-up about college football. Just a quick. Yeah. And, and in my well, case, that means that when the game clearly was out of hand um, yeah. against the Georgia Bulldogs, I did the only responsible thing in the interest of my my rest and my testimony and I got in the bed. Oh um, sometimes <laughs> if anything will put you in the bed in the fall, it's a football game. <laughs> Here's the thing, and I know like the Aggies had a whole reversal of fortunes yesterday and we're gonna talk about that. Okay. But but here's the thing. It's the reality as much as cause Earlier in the week, even my friend Daphne sent me this gif on Twitter that was like, everybody calm down. Like that was, <laughs> it was all about uh-huh. like, let's all keep our expectations in check. Nobody get out of hand with this thing, but it's the reality of like, okay, so yeah. here are the actual cards we've been dealt for the season. Yeah. We could still have a fine season. We could, we could. We could go to a fine bowl, but just that initial adrenaline from beating LSU, it was like somebody got an entire cooler 
full of ice water and dumped it on us. Yes, yes. But that to me is so it epitomizes college football, because Mm -hmm. I can say I have those moments every year, when you realize, okay, well, on the upside, I don't have to worry about saving money to go to the national championship game this year. I don't have to factor that into my fall budgeting. And also you start to realize teams where you're like, Maybe it didn't mean as much as we thought that we beat LSU. Like right. maybe that was us after that was the Aggies after we beat Tennessee last year, where it was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm gonna have to save my money for mm-hmm. the national championship. Mm-hmm. And then Tennessee continues on with its season, and you go, huh, that may have not been the quality right. win that I felt like it was. Right. The Tigers may have their own set of problems. Yes. I yes. will say that earlier this week there was a part of me that was like, okay, so. If we beat Alabama, will my schedule allow me to go to the SEC championship game in Atlanta? That particular pressure has now been removed. That has been <laughs> that has been taken off the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in a way, it's it's a relief. You just go, sure. okay, this is I'm going to enjoy it for what it is the rest of the season. You know, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is this is what we've got. Um, and like you said, now you can go buy a cute pair of shoes. You can yeah. plan some stuff mm-hmm. for that first weekend in December because you know where you're not going to be. I do know that I will not be in Atlanta, Georgia. Right. I do yes. know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily know that because that was an SEC East game. So technically, if we wanted to still be like glass half full. Well, if y'all, y'all will beat, beat Alabama, Alabama. Yeah. Like if a couple of people will beat Alabama and then if we can beat Alabama, which yeah. Alabama beat Vandy, by the way, um, yeah. yesterday, 142 to nothing. Yes, they did. Essentially. Yes, they did. And I laughed because I did see some people were retweeting that some Vandy fan had said before the game, either this game is going to be close or we're going to lose it 59 to nothing. And apparently this guy's a psychic, but he knew. But I thought that's so, isn't that the truth where you're like, we're either going to play them close or Mm -hmm. we're going to get completely blown out. Because I don't feel like Alabama, as good as they are, they are not a team that typically beats people 59 to nothing. No, I feel like, I feel like, you know, last week after Vandy beat Kansas State, one of their players said, bring on Bama. And I feel like in that moment, Nick Saban got in front of his team and said, so here's what this kid said. Yes. And Uh then, and um, because Van, I mean, Bama has struggled a little bit, you know, in different games. And I mean, by his standards, they've struggled. And And so I felt like that was a little bit of an exclamation point for them. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you about your game, about the A&M game. And then I want to, Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear. Okay, tell me. Well, so first of all, I, ha- I, I had a speaking thing in Tuscaloosa yesterday morning, um, mm-hmm. which you only have a speaking thing in Tuscaloosa if the University of Alabama is not in the yes, middle of a home game. in the vicinity. Yeah. Yes. And so um, afterwards, and Alex went with me, afterwards we went to lunch and we went to uh, to Baumhauer's, which is like wings and stuff, and the games were on and I saw that it was 21-7 Arkansas ahead and at that point I texted uh-huh. you and said are you at home or not because I yes. didn't know if you were at soccer yet or not and yes and you were not in a good you were not in a good mental space at that point no no mm-hmm. I was not no and, I was not and a friend of mine who works um very closely with college football in a conference texted me to check on you to see if, yeah. if you were okay <laughs> so 
Well, I'm going to tell you something. I thought about that, friend, because I'm going to tell you that I don't know what was going on in the SEC main offices yesterday, but like that, the call where we got the touchdown that was a legit touchdown, but the ref blew that whistle. I'm like, how is that not, how can you not review that? How can you not reverse it? I know he blew his whistle, but what the heck? What's going to stop him from like, oh, I didn't like that. I'm going to blow my whistle. I'm like, (laughs) oh. That's a touchdown. I mean, it was a legit touchdown. And he got so, it's like he got, he's quick draw on the whistle. I'm like, he should have been thrown out. That was my opinion. That was a bad call. That was worse than DeShazer getting that fake targeting call three years ago. So see, now we've got something, we've got a new one. We've got a new one that you're going to cling to in times of trouble. Yeah, is that game, mm -hmm. mm, that game would not have gone to overtime. Those four points we were robbed of legitimately, unquestionably, incontrovertibly <laughs> Rob Dad. He threw out the incontrovertibly. Come on. That's with how the strongly I felt. That's what I'm saying. Get it. That's how strongly I felt about it. I mean, that came back because if we hadn't, I, I told Perry when we were sitting in the car and I was following it on Twitter at the end because Caroline's soccer game was about to start at the end. And I said, you know, somewhere that ref that blew that whistle is praying to the Lord that we win this game in overtime. I mean, because if we hadn't, it was going to be even uglier than what it already was. Okay. Well, let me just, let me say this from, from the, from the perspective of, listening to the game in the car because we when we left Baumhauer's we had to drive back to Birmingham then I had to stop at the grocery store so we were were listening to the game in the car pretty much the whole time well we saw that we did see the 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 winning touchdown we saw the overtime part but the clock management there at the end I'm gonna tell you what I told Alex at one point I said and I was not I was I was totally sincere I said this is about to make me cry Mm-hmm. It was so mm-hmm. stressful. It was so to listen to it and not be able to see it. It was so, it was incredibly mm-hmm. stressful. And I am, I am not a graduate of Texas A&M. I am, I'm just for them because I am for you. And they are an ag yes, school. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. my goodness, that was crazy. I, I know. And I don't, and here's the thing. I feel like that's not our first game this season. Maybe we can hearken back to the UCLA game where clock management was not our friend. I mean, I'm like, is math that hard? I mean, is it, <laughs> I don't understand why you got go. We've, we've got this much time on the clock. We have this much time. Like we need to call some timeouts. We need to make some decisions. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, I don't understand how you can do this mm-hmm. for a living and and you can't do better play clock management. I don't. I don't it boggles my mind. Well, when y'all kicked the field goal, like yeah, you had yeah. another. You had time for another shot at the end zone. Yes, yes. And why not? <gasps> why not? And we were on our. We were on the eight yard line. I mean, it's not like it was like we were seventy yards away. I mean, we're we're knocking on the door. So why not explore that possibility mm. and mm. go for the win? So well, I, I will know. say there was. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go. No, you go ahead. There was one time Mississippi State in the, I think it was the 2000, I can't remember, I think it was 2007 Egg Bowl. Sylvester Cream was our coach. And mm-hmm. we were, um, I don't know, we, we had a rough season, but, but we had come back and scored some points in the fourth quarter against Ole Miss. And there was a solid like 20 something seconds on the clock. And Sylvester Cream just hauled them all out and got them to kick the field goal. Just, it was almost like, let's just get it over with. Let's just get the points on the board. Like, yeah, we you yeah. know like why why mess with wonder whether or not we can score a touchdown. So, but I felt like the playing for overtime confused me as opposed to the going for the win. But I'm sure there was a strategy there. I just it was hard to understand listening on the radio. 
uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was the same as our as our clock management strategy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But I, you won. You won. We did win, but I mean that was six years in a row, and that game to me is like Groundhog Day. It's uh-huh. like I'm watching the same A and M and Arkansas game over and uh-huh. over and over again every year. It starts off different, but it ends the same, and it's just like pure nail-biting torture. And I'm going to tell you who I feel the worst for in the whole scenario, and I mean this in all sincerity, is poor Brett Belima. I oh mean, I'm like, that poor guy, he's like Charlie Brown with the football at yeah. that game every single uh-huh. year. Like, I I just, you know, I, I don't know him. I don't, uh-huh. I don't have any stake in that game, I, clearly, but I feel for him. And he cried in the post-game conference again, which I think he did last year Bless too. Him. And I don't blame him. I'm like, because it's just like, how does this happen every single time? And you know, they were calling that the hot seat bowl because it was going to be who, oh, was, for him, yeah. who was more mm-hmm. in the hot seat after that game was over. And I just, I felt bad for him because, I mean, I'm so glad we won. Don't get me wrong. I didn't feel that bad for him. But I'm just like, he's got to be like, how does this happen every single year? It's like when Aggies play LSU, like we yes. lose every single year. Like it's like they just have our number. Okay, so do you think or do you feel like given that win that 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 one kind of swung y'all's way, do you feel a hint of optimism again about your Aggies? Are you still guarded? Are you are you you going to take it? Are you still on a break? Um no, I feel no optimism about them. Okay. Um I I mean I think it was a quality win for a young team. I think Christian Kirk won that game for us. Mm. I mean, he returned I mean, he I mean, he was on fire. I mean, he was like Bugs Bunny playing baseball. He won that game for us. I mean, he did all the right things. And Armani Watts. I I think this is a young team. Here's what I hate is I feel like there have been a lot of things that have just happened, injuries and such, that has mm-hmm. given us a really young team that we're having to work with. Um, we play South Carolina next weekend, okay. so I would have to say I, I feel pretty optimistic about that. We play Alabama the following weekend. Mm-hmm. I do not feel optimistic about that. I do feel like we have a true freshman quarterback that I feel like is coming more and more into his own every week. Yes. Um, who was not supposed to be our starter, and I feel right. like he's – figuring things out. So, I mean, I feel like we'll have a decent season, but I feel like, um, you know, there again, I'm still a little emotionally checked out, but I can appreciate a decent season. That's where I am. Okay. So, so, you know, Alabama and Ole Miss play next week at eight o'clock in Oxford. I'm going to tell you, and I mean this in, in all, I mean this in all love to people who love the Ole Miss Rebels and to people who love the Alabama Crimson Tide. There is no amount of money that would make me go to that. There's, can you even imagine? I you can get a contact alcohol high. That's what I'm going to tell you. You'd be drunk by proximity at an 8 o'clock game in Oxford. An 8 o'clock game in Oxford between Alabama and Ole Miss. Are you kidding me? Like, uh-uh. you're going to be, people are going to be driving home from that game and the cops are going to stop them and their blood alcohol and they're going to be like, sir, I didn't even drink. And they're going to be like, yeah, but you were standing next to somebody in that stadium. Oh, and my word. I, I, mean, I hope everybody uh, behaves. I'm afraid there are going to be some fights. It makes me think of it's going to be like that. Remember the fight with the Kentucky Derby years ago that I loved so much with all that? It was like the old Miss Frat Boys, and they were all in like their vineyard vines, yes. sport yes. coats, and the, none of them could land a punch. But boy, they look sharp. They were all just. <laughs> oh. oh, listen, <laughs> college people, if you're in the sound of our voices, please be careful. 
make please good be, decisions. Please be wise. Like they showed a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was after the first, it was A&M Nichols State and there was some poor A&M student. And you know, the topical field is high. Like yes. so high feel like the planes are gonna and this poor guy was so intoxicated and like they were some nickel state fan who was dressed like one of the village people was helping him <laughs> try to steady him oh. he couldn't stand he couldn't do anything and like you hear some girl in the background of the video go how'd he even get up here and I'm that's a valid question I mean like that's that poor guy bless him I just I feel you know it's just please be wise please yeah yes everyone Make good choices. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, God. So, so y'all, who do y'all have this next week? South Carolina. Oh, that's right. You said that. Okay, we yeah, play it's Auburn. A six o'clock. <clears throat> I think it's a six thirty game. Is y'all's home or at Auburn? No, we're at Auburn. And you know, Auburn okay. scored again four hundred and seventy-eight <laughs> points last night against Missouri. So um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, but Missouri's not any good though. Missouri, that's not a good. That's not a good. I Missouri's. Know, but- I, you know, it's that whole thing though where I feel like the Georgia game maybe exposed some weaknesses, which is if you have mm-hmm. some five star running backs, we may have some problems. Like, yeah. You know. But I think Georgia, though, to me, what I've watched of Georgia, because I watched Georgia Notre Dame, I watched y'all's game last night. I, this is, and I texted you this last yeah. night. I think Georgia is legitimately really good. I like, too. I don't think it's that y'all are not good, because I think y'all are a good football team. Like, I think y'all could definitely win more games than you don't. I think Georgia's just one of those where it's like Kirby Smart's got them clicking. I think they're yeah, legit. And, and we both agree. I think Georgia can beat Alabama. Yeah, I think they could. I mean, I think if those two teams make it to the SEC championship, I think that that's going to be a game. Mm-hmm. I think they, I think they can, if there's a year they can do it, I think this is the year they can do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although I do have to say, somebody said this on Twitter yesterday, so I can't take credit for it, but they were saying that Jim McElwain at Florida is the new Les Miles. Because if you've seen... <gasps> who's poured more I mean he just pulls it out of his hat how does he get these wins we're like what just what how did they win that game well Kentucky scares me you know that state's sort of standing east division opponent and and Mm -hmm. they scare me this year they've yeah they're good they're good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I don't know I guess we'll see what happens so we're still standing after the fourth week of college football season it's just I'm a little less steady you're maybe a little more steady but yeah, here we're we here. Go. We both have we both have one loss. We mm-hmm. both are one loss currently. So it could be a lot worse, and it has been mm-hmm. a lot worse in the past. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. So we'll count our blessings. I still like the spirit of our team. I like the chemistry of our team. I think that we've just got to rebound against the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think, and I think y'all can do it. I think y'all can get it done. I have faith. Okay. Anything else we need to add in these in these days that have have followed our recording? We good? I don't think so. I think we're good. Okay. We hope y'all have the best week and um, go Bulldogs. Go Aggies. Mm -hmm. Talk to y'all soon. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. It's a heartache Nothing but a heartache Hits you when it's too late Hits you when you're down It's